Welcome to the greatest podcast ever. It's the 56th podcast, and it's by my dad in West Virginia, Trey. Check it out, y'all. 56 Nation, this is big. This is real big. We got special guests. Robin Lundberg in the house. You've seen him on ESPN. You've seen him on CBS. You've seen him in SI. You've seen him on this podcast, at least you will today. This man tells jokes. He raps. He does TV shows. He does radio. There's nothing this guy can't do. Check him out. Hey, Rob. Uh, this is Trey, and that's Ali, of course. We really appreciate you coming on, buddy. Yeah, no problem. All right, so I'm going to kick this off, and uh, let me ask you this. So given your experience with what you, you've done and how long you've done it, did, was there like a particular I made it moment uh, once you got in the business? Yeah, I think there were maybe a couple. Um, the first one would have been like when uh, I was doing a show with Ryan Rucco, and that show got moved into the afternoon, and like we had the photo, and it was Rucco and Lundberg, and it was like uh, I remember seeing that picture, and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I got a midday show in, in New York City. Now, little did I know, uh, that wouldn't last too long through no fault of ours. Uh, you know, yeah. the show was performing well. It's just one of those um, circumstances of the business kind of thing. The other would be when I went to SI after my tenure at ESPN, because I'd been in ESPN for a long time. The other would be um, when, I, when I sort of walked in the door over there, I did a video on LeBron. What else is new? And uh, <laughs> the um, – it was, uh, you know, it was actually uh, LeBron is the best player ever video, right? And that was like before the Jordan-LeBron thing had really popped off. So I, was, I think I was like slightly ahead of the curve there. And, and I started the, um, I started the uh, video with a, a Jay-Z lyric. What else is new there, too? Right. Um, uh, Hove got flow, though he's no big in pock, but he's close. How am I supposed to win when they got me chasing ghosts? And it, it, that went viral. Like, uh, it... I, I think it has like 10 million views now or something like that. And right. it, it was like, you know, a LeBron video where uh, I was invoking Jay-Z. So it was like the speech I had been born to give. It felt like, and it really blew up. And that's what got me the job over at SI, at least that, that what that job was at that point. Um, you know, and in this industry, it's always unpredictable, the wild west, even to this day. But I would say those, those were the, the moments. Yeah, and Robin, it's cool. Go ahead. And Robin, with uh, you're currently now doing stuff with SI now, of course. Um, how has this pandemic affected what's been going on with your career, though? Who, um, you know, I'm fortunate. At least, you know, right now, I'm fortunate. We're, we're healthy here. I'm employed right now. I mean, I've got. In fact, uh, there was a period of time where a couple of the jobs I was doing stopped because of uh, because of the pandemic and and being from home. But I got the radio equipment, so now I'm back on the air at CBS Sports Radio. I'm back on the air at Sirius. And I was always doing the SI thing. They set me up here with, with video equipment. In fact, it's made it more intense. I mean, the, the, the things that have changed are obviously the circumstances and the lack of sports for four months and, and you know, having to, to get yourself versed in infectious diseases. <laughs> uh, and then also, you know, like obviously the other stories that, that emerged during the, the time period. I mean, there was – the last dance stuff, which was a, a fountain of content, and that goes back to the LeBron versus Jordan argument. But then there was the, the tragedy and, and the murder of George Floyd, which led to a whole nother avenue of conversation. And, and one I'm certainly comfortable having, but, it, you know, in the past maybe wasn't 
uh, as sports talky as people would have thought when when you know you get the stick with sports guy who's yeah. probably going through convulsions these days. Uh, <laughs> but the um, in general, it's it's actually you know almost led to a more chaotic environment in a sense because everybody's from home and and people are you know feeling the pressure of the current situation and trying to get stuff done. But as far as as far as like interrupting. My, my work, it, it, it hasn't. And, and now, I've, uh, you know, I'm back working everywhere I, I was working before. Um, it, it just, you know, nobody knows exactly how everything's going to be affected, right? Because the advertising uh, industry got totally, you know, destroyed or the advertising revenue for, for, for people. And, and we're, we're, you know, you got to be hopeful it's going to bounce back. But I, I mean, I think, like I said, the, the media industry was already the Wild West. And, and this is only... Um, Throwing a, another uh, a, another monkey wrench that way, so we'll see how everything transpires. But for for me, you know, it's it's been okay, and and I've realized, wow, I can do everything. I, I it's not the kind of job I realized I, I thought before I could have done from home, but um, I, I can do it from home quite successfully, quite uh, to a, a high degree of volume, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and I've been able to pump out a lot of content, man. In, in, yeah. In this, like, almost like the fact that I haven't missed a day and was producing not only everything, you know, that uh, I was producing as a part of the brand as a whole, but individually, you know, at least one to two pieces of original content every single day. Um, I guess I'm a beast. <laughs> hey, really, right. really. Let me ask you this real quick. So, and, and you kind of mentioned the music industry is moving towards a more independent structure, right, with less and less corporate backing. Do you see media kind of moving in that same way uh, from a journalism aspect? Or do you think it'll always be, you know, there's a bunch of big or a few big companies that kind of control the majority of the industry? I mean, look, change is change is natural, right? Evolution is natural. I, I think um, what, what's happened with COVID, uh, obviously, we're all dealing with a change, right? And, and we keep hearing the phrase normalcy. I think at some point, if we can ever get this damn thing under control, We'll go back to some degree of normalcy, but I also think things have changed forever. Uh, and we'll see exactly how that plays out. But the amount of people that work from home, how things are are done, uh, you know, and how business models are looked at could change. I mean, you may mention the music industry. I mean, just think in my lifetime, the music industry went from basically vinyl to cassette tapes to CDs, yeah. to MP3s to streaming, right? Uh, so like, that's a lot. And, and you're right. Yeah. You, you, you now can control, um, especially artists of a certain, uh, I mean, any artist, but artists of a certain, um, degree can, can go right to their audience, direct to consumers. I mean, you see that with athletes now, yeah. uh, LeBron has uninterrupted, but anybody wants to, they can go to Instagram or, or wherever they want to go Twitter before they necessarily have to go to the media. So I think it's created more options. And that's why I say when I say the Wild West, I don't even mean that as necessarily a negative, right? It's like, it's just in the, in the past, there was a, a defined structure um, where it's these companies, you work for these companies, and that's the way it is. Nowadays, there is no more defined structure. Nobody knows exactly how it's going to work. Everybody's trying to figure out how to monetize it. At the same time, that may wind up creating more opportunities because there are individual opportunities. There's more companies trying to get started. It's just unpredictable. So I can't tell you with any uh, definitive stance if, if I know how it's going to unfold or not. But you definitely have the resources to support yourself more now than, than ever before. Was right. this and, was this something that you knew you wanted to do as a kid, or did you develop this passion for this in college? 
uh, I knew I wanted to do something in that vein, right? Like, I, I, you know, um, I always give Brian Rook, I, since I mentioned him before, I always give him a lot of credit because he knew he wanted to be a play-by-play announcer, right? Like, that was it. Uh, and that, you know, he, he's, he's accomplished that mission. Um, I knew I wanted to be in the realm. Uh, and, and that's where I, why I went to the school I went to. It's why I did student radio at Maryland. It's why I applied to the internship at Around the Horn. It's why I moved up to New York City by myself, uh, you know, right out of school to, to work on a TV show here. Um, and then I just sort of like kept my head up as there were de- definitely ups and downs, but and just kept pushing and pushing and pushing to, to find my path. Okay, Robin. And hey, um, you know, like I just touched on a second ago, you were uh, producing on Around the Horn. I'm sure you were doing some other uh, production work. But the first time I really heard you, like we spoke on earlier, was on First and Last. Was that your first opportunity at doing, uh, being on the other side of, of the production stuff and not, uh, instead of behind the scenes, you were actually on air talent? No. Um, so I, when I first got to ESPN Radio, I worked on Stephen A. Smith's show and Max Kellerman's show. I was like the sidekick slash producer on Max's show. Um, and, and, you know, I think we were ahead of our time. We were almost like sort of Levitard-esque before that show. I'm not, not quite to the same degree, but, but I think ahead of our time, like I said. Um, so I was a little on air there, and I had the, the goals in mind. But my, my first real on air uh, experience as like a job was, like I mentioned, with doing the show with, with Ruka. Uh, and then from that point on, it was doing my own show uh in the mornings the early mornings the same time slot that first and last became but i i did that show it was the robin lundberg show i did that show by myself for uh, a couple of years and then uh they added golik to it and went national right and, and that was that was that show yeah basically when i tuned in you had the show by yourself i work i've been working nights and mornings forever so i was able to catch your show and then i remember golik uh, jr ended up coming on you guys were a lot of fun i used to call in you guys were always cool it was it was an awesome experience to call into your guys show you didn't rush anybody you know for me i'm not a very well-spoken person <laughs> <laughs> so, so you guys were real patient and i thought i thought the first thing i thought when me and um, ellie got this podcast together i was like man we gotta try to get robin on this show he's a really cool dude well, you were right. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Hey, um, was there anybody in your early days that you were interviewing or talking to that you were like, holy crap, I can't believe I'm talking to this person? Oh, man. Yeah, you know, and you try not to lose sight of it, you know, like, oh, hey, it's in the rock, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I don't even know if I go like it's that one part, but you get spoiled where you're like, Oh, I gotta interview Joe Montana later. You know, what I mean? yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and I try not to have that. You know, I I do try to keep the proper perspective. But yeah, yeah. for sure, there's been a bunch of those moments. Uh, and and I'm I'm lucky enough to have had a career where where I've had so many of those moments where, uh, I, I there's really nothing I'm not prepared for or or that I haven't sort of experienced to some extent. Um, but yeah, the, uh, I, I, there's probably a dozen where it's like, wow, you know, you, you got to do this or you got to talk to that person. That's cool. How yeah. do you get over, how do you get over the initial like jitters whenever you were a little bit nervous? I'm, I'm taking that you were a little bit nervous in some of those situations. I know that if I ever got to speak to the rock, I would be nervous <laughs> as heck, but, <laughs> but anyway, like, how did you, how were you able to deal with that? How were you able to calm the nerves before you actually spoke with these people? Nerves and excitement are cousins, right? 
yeah. uh, you know, and stand-up comedy. I mean, to to <laughs> that's another. You know, I, I've I've done a lot over the years. I wrote a movie once. I I hosted an open mic down on Bleecker Street, like a comedy. But I I don't say that as a joke. I I say that because um, it, it was it was literally like something I did. And if you can get up there in in front of a um an audience and tell jokes like that, then you can do anything. So I'm not saying that that was directly it, but you know, if you can do that, you you can do any of that other stuff. So that's one of the reasons. Uh, you know, I, I, I was able to to do that as well as experience and, and self-confidence. You know what I mean? Are you, are you uh, saying you got a Netflix special coming? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I don't have a Netflix special on, on the way uh, as of yet, though. You know, uh, I wouldn't rule anything out. <laughs> can we fi- can we find any of your comedy stand up anywhere? Is it, is it on tape? Yeah, I think it's probably on YouTube somewhere. Yeah. Oh, cool. I'm uh, Everybody check that out. I'm going to check it out. <laughs> hey, um, given your, your profile, right? Cause you're a nationally recognizable individual. Does it make it easier for you to speak up about social injustices? I saw some of the things that you were uh, mentioning you know, about the George Floyd stuff. And I saw some of those uh, clips on YouTube tracing it over to me. Um, or do you think it makes it more complicated because you have to be, I don't want to say careful, but just more aware of what you say in certain situations like that. It's always tough uh, to a certain extent because you you worry about the these corporate bureaucracies and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm not worried about like backlash from people on the internet. Who cares? Uh, and and, and I, I've always sort of felt like, all right, I need to do the right thing when I have a platform, and ultimately, um, that's what's allowed me to express myself in certain ways. But you you know, it depends on who you're working for, where you're working for, and and. So sometimes there's been a balance of what can be published um, while still getting the point across. But I, I, I got to be able to look myself in the mirror. Right. And, and ultimately, that's what makes me make those decisions is doing the right thing and being able to look myself in the mirror and then let the chips fall where they may. Um, because I, I believe um, I can and speak on those issues and can do so um, with a level of care, thoughtfulness, empathy. All, all those things that are, are needed in order to, to do that um, justice. And, and if I, if I don't, you know, do that um, one, like I said, I'm ignoring uh, real life. And, and then two, they're also, that's like a, a responsibility at this point, not just personally, but when it comes to, to the, the, the news, you know, what, what you're dealing with. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Let me ask you this. I know you're into hip hop stuff. Have you been catching these versus battles uh, between like these artists recently? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's been some of the, the most fun I've had during this time period, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like sports, right? <laughs> it's as close as we got. Yeah. <laughs> In a sense. Uh, yeah, there's a couple that really like did it for me, though. Um, RZA against DJ Premier. Mm. That was one. Uh, I, I think I was up to like two. I, I don't even stay up late no more because I got two kids and everything. Yeah. I was up to like 2 a.m. that night, hyped after that battle. <laughs> and, and then the other one from last week was it uh, DMX and, and Snoop. I mean, Snoop, yeah. that was crazy. I mean, those oh, were the man. two, my, my two favorite because they were right up my alley and stuff and, and, and from my, you know, formative years and the like. And, and, and I thought they were really close too, both of them. Yeah, I did too. Let me, if I told you or I said to you, Snoop Dogg, time what would you tell me you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> who do you have jay-z's, jay-z's the greatest rapper of all time there's no other acceptable answer 
Snoop's got some albums, and and watching that versus made me realize how deep his catalog. Well, he he's got he Snoop has joints. He don't have albums like Hove has albums. I mean, like the Snoop Snoop got Doggy Style, and yeah. Snoop's got some hits from there. But Snoop don't have the the Blueprint, Reasonable Doubt, the Black Album, Four Forty Four, American Gangster, you know, Watch the Throne, so on and so forth. I mean, I can see what you're saying, but he but he did a lot of work on the Chronic and things like that too. I guess not his personal albums. Bro, project. I yeah. know you. I know you were just asking Robin that for a little bit of back and forth because you don't even believe Snoop is the greatest of all time. I can't, I can't, man, listen, I'm I'm just hype off that versus from last week. That's all it was. I actually <laughs> thought DMX might have won that. I mean, you could have it either way. Uh, but you forget like the volume DMX had, you know, in that short period of time. It's like he had three straight sixty home run seasons, right? Yeah, yeah. that was crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it was because it was wild because he was going with. Like basically a five year run compared to Snoop's twenty plus year catalog, and he was step for step him the whole way, man. Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, it, but I mean, it, DMX. Uh, I, I guess it was when I was in high school. Yeah, ninety ninety eight would, would would be the year about I think, and he just, yeah. he was on fire. He was on fire for that, and he dropped like three albums in the span of a couple of years. Yep, it's dark as hell and hot came out. I think that year, so did flesh, flesh of my, my flesh, oh. blood of my blood. Yeah, yeah, and then what was oh. the third one? Oh. Uh, and then there was that. And then there was that. Yeah, yeah. Those are my those are my joints. <laughs> definitely gonna give it to you at that point. <laughs> were, were you the guy that went to like Sam Goody or whatever your music store was on Tuesdays mm -hmm. to pick up new releases back then? Was that you too? I had a um. So I, I I ran the student newspaper at my high school, uh, and and then I had this uh class after it that i forget my, my class was filled with a bunch of delinquents uh and, and i was <laughs> i was like you know like i had worked out an arrangement with the teacher because he was just like trying to keep that class in order and i didn't give him no problems so we just worked out an arrangement where i could come and go as i kind of pleased and as long as i didn't like you know and as long as i got the stuff i needed to get done done so on tuesdays i would finish up what i was doing at the student newspaper as the editor i was sort of in charge and and bounce and and skip that next class, which is that other class I was telling you about, and yeah. go to the record store. And usually, like yeah, cop a couple of albums at, at that point in time. Oh, that was the greatest, man. Um, no, nah, but like, do you? Well, first of all, did you have like your own personal rap career too on the low? <laughs> you know, career. You know, I mean, career is a strong word. Uh, just like <laughs> I said, as I've dabbled in a lot of things, I, I've tried a lot of things. One of them, I was. I was in many a freestyle rap battle in my day, yes. Uh, I have committed my voice to recording in rap fashion. Uh, hmm. and, and, yeah, so... Um, where, where can we find that on YouTube, Robin? We did a... I think the best example might be this diss track we did toward Max Kellerman on his radio show. Okay. In the day. And, and I did a full verse for that. Uh, but I, I don't... I, I mean, it must exist somewhere. I, I, I could send it to you. I, I have it. I definitely have it. Okay. Yeah, definitely send that over, man. I want to hear. Yeah. I want to hear it. Do you, yeah, do you watch the URL stuff too, like the URL battles or? Not. No, I mean I've seen some of it, but not like not not like that. But yeah, I was in some. I mean, I was in some of those in college, like up on stage and all that. And then there was like, out of here. The, the gatherings outside of. There was a Wawa in College Park. It's, yeah. You know, like there was always gatherings after the bars and whatnot. And I I, I definitely tore some people down there, and and then I was into these like. I was into that scene. So I was like at these backpack clubs, you know, like and, with the ciphers. Yeah, and all that. Yeah. Stuff. So I did a I did a lot of freestyle rap battling in my day. I could definitely see why you're not ner a nervous person now. <laughs> like you <done> a lot. <laughs> 
Yeah, man. Okay, Robin. Be- hey, Ellie didn't want me to ask this question, but this is the, this is the best question of all, and I've got to ask it. Okay, it's uh, real simple. Since this pandemic's going on, everybody's out here wearing masks. Okay, if you could pick any mask to make the mask, uh, the trademark mask for the pandemic, like a superhero or somebody in like the comics, what mask would you go with? Well, to me, the most iconic mask has to be Wolverine's. So I, I think I'd, I'd go with Wolverine's joint. Uh, now, see, we talked about that, too, but Wolverine kind of falls in that category. We can't really use that for the pandemic, Robin. I mean, <laughs> we were talking about Batman and all these other ones. They got the mouth exposed. So. I don't know. Well, if we oh, you mean like a real like the actor? Yeah, man. Like, you gotta wear it. You gotta wear it out when you go to that wall wall and do your rap battle. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's design. All right. Uh, well, what covers your face and your mouth? Who had a mask like that? It's like Doctor Doom or something. Spider-Man. Okay. Come on now. Spider Man. Spider Man. Yeah, is a good one. Uh, that's it goes over your whole head, right? Um, yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah, I, I, I no, I'm taking Iron Man's stuff. Okay. Because do I get That's the rest, a good one. do I get the rest of the tech? I'm taking yeah. Iron Man stuff. Sure. <laughs> okay. Oh. Hey, um, greatest wrestler of all time, Ric Flair. Do you agree with me? Shawn Michaels. Ooh, that's a, that's a different one. <laughs> See, I went, I went with the People's Champ. Uh, well, I mean, uh, look, there's a difference between your objective and the subjective list, right? Like, objectively, the greatest ra- uh, wrestler of all time has to be. It's got to be between The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and probably Hulk Hogan, like as far as like the Boom. biggest ones ever. Then you go to Flair and The Undertaker, I think, are right there. Um, to me, it's Shawn Michaels because he was the one that, like, no matter who he went up against, he could have an entertaining match. And he was pretty darn good on the mic and with the character as well. But uh, he's, he would be my personal goat. There's a difference. It's like, it's like Jay Z is my personal goat, but also the objective goat. Like, no matter what, like that, he should be the answer. Uh, for for me in, in wrestling, Shawn Michaels would be my personal favorite. It's hard to argue. That's hard to argue, man. Hey, we appreciate your time today. This was a lot of fun, man. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no doubt, guys. Definitely loved having you on, man. I know you all enjoyed the episode fifty six nations. We out.